Welcome to the Creative People Podcast. I'm your host, Naomi Parfit, and I'll be having honest conversations with people in the creative industry to gain insight into their profession. My guest for today's episode is Nick Kyle, founder and CEO of Nick Kyle Clothing and Nick Kyle Fashion University. And her mission is to celebrate a wider definition of beauty, making everyone feel beautiful in the skin they're in. Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. I'm excited oh, uh, to to meet you. It's lovely to meet you too. It's such an honor to have you here. Um, I think it's amazing what your brand stands for and the the clothes that you create are beautiful as well. So it's Thank you, Naomi. It's amazing to have you here. I wanted to ask you, how did it all start? Like, you know creating your own fashion brand? Um, Sometimes it's kind of surreal. I love clothes. Um, I went to design school. Well, I went to college or university for forensic science and psychology and um, just wasn't really happy to do that. Um, I was very, I'm very inquisitive. So I was intrigued by the idea of what that would be, but in hindsight, probably more as a hobby than as a profession. You know, like I like those true crime shows and figuring out who did it, but to work in that world wasn't well suited for me. Uh, So I, I decided to go back to school for fashion. My mom actually suggested it when she saw how unhappy I was with my my career choice. And I did. And while I was working in fashion, I or in school uh, to get my degree for fashion, I also knew that I wanted my own business. But yeah. to me, I thought that that might be I, I own a boutique, which is great. Um, and maybe I'll own one one day. Um, but I thought it would just be a, a boutique owner or um something like that. I didn't yet combine the idea of making my own clothes and and selling them. And after I graduated from design school, I got a job in New York City with a designer. And that opened my mind and my eyes to the possibility. And from there, I just decided to watch and learn. And I treated all of my design jobs as paid internships. Uh, and as much as that, I, I really just observed. I, I wasn't a know-it-all. I wasn't, um, I was kind of the fly on the wall. And <laughs> whatever lessons, whether they were good or bad lessons, I could learn. I just absorbed them as much as I could. And then when I got another job in the design industry, I realized that I could do this. I felt empowered to take my natural creativity plus the business that sense and skills that I was learning from watching, you know, literally some of the best and brightest in the fashion industry. And I, I thought I can do this. And I started saving my money to be able to do just that. And I saved in my company's 401k with the intention of using that money to start my business. Um, I never intended to use it for retirement. It was always going to be the seed money. And uh, when I left that company, that's what I did. I used it to 
start the business. And, and that's a, a small brief answer on, on how I did it. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. Like when you were younger, did you just see fashion as like a hobby? Yeah, I think like most, you know, young boys and girls who are into fashion, it starts just because you love it. And, you know, for me, it was, you know, dressing my Barbie dolls really creatively <laughs> and always having an, a strong personal sense of style for myself. And my grandmother, um, one of my grandmothers was a fashion designer and oh, the wow, other one was a seamstress, but I still didn't put the two together. Like I just thought, you know, I love clothes and, I remember when I was about eight years old, I got a uh, like a children's sewing machine uh, from my parents as a Christmas gift. And I was trying to learn to, you know, learn to make clothes for my Barbie dolls, which is really hard because dolls are really small. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, a, you know, very difficult to manage um, the handwork. And I can remember my grandmother teaching me how to embroider by hand. And I actually, this is so random. I'm like working on something um, that's, em that's embroidery. And it's probably the first time I've embroidered since my grandmother taught me when I was eight. Uh, but I'm, I'm just like practicing to work on my, my hand sewing. And I just, I loved it. I, I really just had a natural love for it and a natural desire to, kind of just play with clothes. I had paper dolls. I don't know if you know what those are, but they're literally yeah. like card cardboard cutout dolls. And I had paper dolls that had like the cutest outfits. And I just really enjoyed fashion. And I didn't really realize that you could make a, a career or a living off of it until I was much older. Um, yeah. And I think once I got to design school, even before design school, I, I was still limited with the knowledge that I had in terms of the amount of jobs that exist within the fashion industry. And once I got into fashion, I learned more. And then of course, once I started working in the industry, I was exposed to, to all the types of positions that someone can have while working in fashion and yeah it's not just a designer you know um i used to work for ralph lauren and they employ every type of career you can think of from attorneys to engineers to web developers these are all people that work for a fashion company because yeah. you know the, the company needs this in order to survive so it's practical positions as well as more creative ones as well as skilled, you know, positions like cutters and, and pattern makers and runway show production managers and all sorts of positions that exist under the umbrella of, of fashion. Yeah, that is so true. I think that's what we often forget that in this whole like creative industry, there are so many different things you can go into. It's also like art when people think, um, if they're going to take an art degree, what career can they go into? But you know, you can you can go into fashion with art, you can like go into landscape architecture, or whatever. It's like, it's so wide. So that's, that's really interesting to hear from you. I want to hear also, what's your like typical day? Like, do you design all your clothes and make them? Or what's it like, really? 
so a typical day is all over the place. Um, <laughs> usually I find that I don't really have a typical day anymore, especially coming out of the pandemic. Um, I had to get rid of the people that helped me run the business. So now it's still just me for the most part. Yeah. Um, and I usually create like a weekly schedule. So I know what I need to do for the week. Uh, some days I'm sketching, some days I'm drawing, some days I'm working on my hand sewing, some days I'm sewing samples, some days I'm making patterns. Lately, uh, we just had a website migration from one platform to another one. Um, so lately my days have been doing web design and web development and, nice. <laughs> make, you know, making sure that the functionality of the website is up to par and is as close as possible to the visual appearance of the old website because I really liked the way the old one looked and um, doing podcasts. Um, <laughs> the days have just been different. I'm about to start working on wholesale so that I can get the products into stores, uh, which yeah. will be you know more learning. I, I have a lot to learn about wholesale. So I would imagine for the next few weeks, it'll be a lot of reading and a lot of um, understanding the, the way that wholesale works so that I can you know, be a champion of it. I'm a true artist, so I have to work when I'm inspired. It's really hard for me to force, especially anything creative. Uh, yeah. If it's something more technical like website or SEO or you know, though Instagram, those sorts of things, I, I do them because I have to. But when we're talking about sewing or, you know, drawing and sketching or like choosing fabrics and those like more fun things, I can only do them when I'm inspired to. So if I'm scheduled to work on patterns today, but I don't feel like working on patterns today, I don't force myself because then yeah. I find that I never do good work when I force myself to be creative. I just have to be creative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that makes <laughs> sense. I wanted to ask you as well, how did you come up with like the ethos behind um, your brand? Because I think that's quite inspiring as well, you know, to be comfortable you. in your own skin. I think that's really important to preach about really. Thank you. Um, it was very organic. I was doing face-to-face -face sales at a local market here in New York and I was selling the swimsuits and I noticed the amount of insecurities that women were talking about when trying the swimsuit on. And, you know, before my time as a, a swimwear designer and a fashion designer, when I was in college, I was a, a manager of a swimsuit shop and I noticed the insecurities there. And I just kept noticing over and over again that women who I did not know were just saying the most awful things about themselves. And, you know, it was standard stuff like I'm fat to, oh my God, I could just kill myself. I look so horrible. Um, it was just so disheartening. And also it wasn't listening to it as a human myself, hearing, you know, various people all day long speaking negatively about themselves, it was also affecting me. Yeah. And it, it, it's affecting everyone that is around that person while they're, they're speaking negatively about themselves. 
And it, it was really sad if they had their children with them. And, you know, you have little girls listening to their mother speak about how she hates her body. And I would come home and at the time, my husband was my boyfriend. So um, I would say to my now husband, like this, you know, I feel really uncomfortable. Like these women are like, I don't know what to say. Should I like tell them not to say these things? Or like, <laughs> like what, yeah. what, how do I handle this, you know? And it was actually my husband who said, I think that you should just embrace it. And if it's something that's coming up all the time, then it's your responsibility to address it. And I, I did. So in those face-to-face -face moments, it kind of became like a mini counseling session uh, <laughs> for lack of a better word, you know, I would, I would have to address the, the self-worth of the individual if I wanted to, to sell my products. Like they, they yeah. kind of went hand in hand and I wasn't doing it to sell the products. It was very genuine for me because remember my first degree is in psychology. So it was, um, it was very genuine for me to, to see this person and to hear their pain points and to genuinely want to help them in that moment so they didn't feel so sad or depressed or, you know, ugly. Um, yeah. I wanted them to feel beautiful. And I just would talk to them, like, what would you do if I said this about you? And, you know, all of them would say, oh, I, I would be so upset if, if you said this about me. Well, if you would be upset if I said it about you, why is it okay for you to say it about you? Um, yeah. And it really just got them thinking. And if they had, you know, their daughters or their sons with them, I would say you're teaching your child the the worth of a woman's body, right? Because you because you you feel uncomfortable with 10, 15, 20, 50 pounds, you're teaching your son how he should speak to women, or you're teaching your daughter how you she should speak to herself. And that really just kind of changes that moment for that person. And um, it really just started organically. And I'm glad that it resonates so well with people. My goal would be for it to be a movement and to be a community. Yeah. And oh, for, you know, for us to be able to empower each other and, and make each other and ourselves feel beautiful because the way we exist is enough. Like, who said and who is the authority that the way you are right now sitting in your white t-shirt just like me <laughs> is it you know like it isn't enough like where the way we are right now is perfect and if we want to 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 work on who we are that's amazing and we should always want to grow and become better versions of ourselves but it doesn't mean who we are today right now on friday is bad you know yeah yes preach <laughs> it's important um just looking at the time so sorry it's flown flown by just time for one more question sure. and that is what advice would you give to aspiring designers to aspiring designers i would say keep learning whatever it is that you can that you don't already know about our craft keep drawing keep sketching keep learning more about you know, sewing construction and how clothes are, are made once they, they leave your hands. 
keep learning about the business and the industry and your place in it. And don't be afraid to take up space and to show the world your opinion of clothes because uh, it's that opinion that begins to shift what we know fashion to be. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Creative People podcast with your host, me, Naomi Parfit. You can check out Nick's clothing brand on Instagram at Nick Hile Clothing, and you can shop her beautiful swimwear and garments at nickhile.com. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe.